Welcome to the midweek edition of the Progress with Unity podcast. We're not going to Wembley. Good evening, Paul. Good evening, Adam. Good evening. Good evening, Barry. We're going to start off with a message from Mike from the Sutton podcast. He sent me a little sound file. Anyway, let's have a listen. Hiya, Barry. Just wanted to say what a wonderful town Wigan is. I think most of the Sutton fans had a great time. Certainly the Wigan fans that, that I ran into were really, really nice bunch. Sorry I didn't get a chance to meet up with you. Just time just got away with me yesterday. Definitely would love for Sutton fans to come back here on a Saturday. Um, hopefully FA Cup next next year. Make a good day of it, I think. Hopefully we gave a good account of ourselves in the stadium last night, even though there wasn't that many of us. Only a small club, remember. And unlucky penalties is, is a lottery. And then to go to, I think it was, what, the ninth man take a penalty seen a lot of your fans give some stick to the fellow who missed at the end, but he was the ninth taker, so that's a, that's a little bit harsh. Yeah, I can't pretend not to be disappointed that we've come out on top and we're going to get our trip to Wembley. Oh my God, it's amazing. I don't know if you stayed around and saw the celebrations afterwards and the reception the chairman got, but that was the kind of thing I was talking about, about the whole club being together on the one page and meaning so much from everyone from the chairman right the way down but good luck for the rest of the season hopefully the distraction of the cup now goes away and you get a good run for your your, your championship running and um, take care hopefully see you and speak to you soon thanks a lot bye bye what a lovely message that was yeah, really glad that you you know you see fans really not just enjoying the game but the whole occasion. Credit where it's due, you know they've got some loyal supporters. They've got a, a chairman that's been brilliant for them and disappointing to an extent for us. But I think very much like Liam Richardson, we got to congratulate the opposition and say well done to them and wish them the best of luck in the final. It's heartbreaking to go out on penalties, but you can't say that they kind of played for penalties and uh, were very cynical because they they had a, a right good go and, and were a decent team. I love the fact that he's called out our fans that were slating Dariqua because he's absolutely bang on, you know, penalties, lottery and all that. Nobody takes a penalty expecting to miss and let's have it right, he didn't miss. The keeper saved it. Keeper guessed right, keeper saved it. Is that your aunt finished? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it does me in. Everybody's upset, but you get over it, don't you? One thing I gained from, from last night, uh, last night's encounter with Sutton United, is uh, what what a what a homely, lovely club they were. You can tell that they've got a togetherness. It reminded me so much of, of us, not on the same scale as us, obviously, because we're massive, but it did remind me uh, a little bit of us, that togetherness, the family feel, uh, now they was all playing for each other. Uh, the game itself, I've got a bone to pick about that first goal, the one they scored, because we take it right back to the free kick that was awarded for a challenge by Gavin Massey. And I'll just say this as well. When I got home last night, I actually watched it again because <laughs> I'd recorded Sky and I watched it all I, again. I've, I've watched it as well. <laughs> yeah. And Lee Hendry was quite complimentary about our play as well, Adam, weren't he, during the commentary? Yeah, particularly there. second half. He said we played some really good football. Uh, he was impressed with the way we played and was impressed by essentially what we've been saying, you know, for a long period of time, particularly in home matches, impressed with the patience that we had to... I mean, there was one move, wasn't there, where it's such a shame that Edwards overhit that cross because it was like 35 passes to get Edwards in at the byline and he's overhit the cross. Going back to my point, the goal that they scored. Gavin Massey, it wasn't even a challenge on, on, on the defender and the referee blew. He, he slipped and he gave him a free kick. They took the free kick. 
It was headed on, and then it was port round for the lad he scored, who, if you saw it or not, he gave the ball a little nudge with his hand and knocked it into his path. The referee would never have seen that, and the lines, line was on the other side, but I saw it. It was a good finish, and that was 1-0. So for me, that goal shouldn't have stood, but there is no way that I don't think they deserved it, because they did, because they had several other chances as well. And I thought they were very well organised. And one thing that we've got to remember here, I feel, is that when we turn up to play a game of football, it doesn't matter if you're playing against Man United, Man City, Liverpool, or Sutton United, Cambridge United, they don't want you to beat them. They're all professional clubs. They're not a pub team. They're not managed by a, a pub manager. It's people who's done research into the way we play. They know our strengths and weaknesses. And they set up to stop us from playing. And that's what you get. That's why it's frustrating. And I think sometimes our fans need to handle disappointment a little bit better than what, what we are doing. I, I understand where people don't want us to keep harping on about the past. But to say, having failed to get to Wembley, and if we don't get promoted, that this season is a disaster, is an absolute disgraceful statement. I mean, if you're looking for disasters, there's only two that I can pick out in the last 20-odd years, and that was the 2014-15 season and the 2016-17, when we got relegated from the Championship, having spent massive amounts of money and in, uh, employing two jokers of managers, one who should never have been anywhere near the job, in Malcolm Mackay, and the other one, who I, I think I'd manage a team better than he would because I'm not a football manager and he certainly isn't. And that was Warren Joyce and he's proved it as well because he's, he's had another couple of bashes <laughs> since us. And them are disasters. Them are disasters. Not this yeah, season. I think if you look at going into this season, expectation was that we would start to rebuild. If we have an half-decent season, we'd, have a, we'd hit the playoffs, but put ourselves in the position to have a right good goal next season. And that's where we're going to be if we fail from here on in. You know, we're already surpassed the targets that we set ourselves and we're going to reach them, even if we just put our feet up. As it is, we're aiming for the target of automatic promotion, if not the title. And I think we're going to get one or the other. I think the word there is perspective, isn't it, really? In terms of what you class as a disaster, even those seasons, you know, we were able to bounce back. I'd say a disastrous season is if you start as favourites for the league and you uh, drop out of the football league or something like that. You know, I think disappointing seasons or performing way below expectations, I would definitely say they were the, the two seasons that Barry's just alluded to, particularly the season under the Rossler Mackay Caldwell season, because I seem to remember, I think we were about third favourites to win, to win the league after a great finish the previous season. This season is the complete opposite this is performing way above expectations and yes expectations change as the season progresses and that's fine but I think you still need to look at the season as a whole go back right to the beginning where we had whatever three four players on the books assembling the squad and being able to be competitive with what we were looking for clearly we've surpassed that we're still in a good position I mean I know form isn't that bad I don't know if we play any more teams with an S but we've only lost the teams beginning with an S since October so uh, that's that's uh, <laughs> that's certainly something worth looking into. Uh, whether whether we do play any more teams with an S. Shrewsbury last game of the season. Oh, it'll be over by then. Sure, it will. Cracking on with last night, James McLean. What a fantastic goal that was to equalise. I think if the goalkeeper had got his body behind it, it would have carried him into the back of the net with it. An absolute thunder blaster of a shot great um, shots but based on let, let's give some parity uh, you know and, and some let's give a balanced opi- opinion because you could argue that Pierce controlled it with his hand 
Yeah, but that was Ahmed Atin, weren't it? And he's one of our players, so you'd never call our player out, would you? <laughs> Come on, we have to have you're some bias. You mean you're real? I, I can see your spectacles here, Barry. But <laughs> you, your rose tinted spectacles are on here. Blue tinted, yeah. lad. Blue tinted. Place, place um, yourself aware of your hypocrisy. Yeah, <laughs> and then when, when the the three subs came on of power, it was fantastic to see Maxi back on the bench with his uh, yeah. finger heavily bandaged up. And also in second they throw wins, but anyway, power, Keane, and Edwards came on, and there was a massive shift in in the energy and the drive forward in the team. The manager in his post game presser said, "On eighty minutes, he was praying for penalties." So. You know, you've got to reflect back on it and get rid of the disappointments and look at how we really did play and, you know, take, take something out of the game. Did you watch the incident where Keane got pulled down in the box? Was that penalty or was that nothing? I didn't think it were. Adam sticks it were. Yeah, I thought it were in, in real time, but I've not watched I it. Thought, I thought it were looking back at it as well. I think it would have been a bit soft and given some of the other fouls he was giving, you know, the soft ones, there's no consistency. And I know... You could say the consistency is that they don't give those in the box and they give them outside the box, but the consistency should be within the game. If it's a foul, it's a foul. Got written down here as first performances went. Shinny, Bayless, Kerr, Pierce, McLean, Max Power when he came on. Anybody else stand out? Pierce had a good game. You know, I thought he, he put some good crosses in. He was all right. It's it's starting to solve that problem, isn't it? You've got Pierce and Bennett now both seemingly fit and chasing down that position. Midfield was where the strength was last night. We could have won that easy, but life goes on, doesn't it? If we just yeah, scored early on as well, we had a great yeah. chance, didn't we? In the in the was it the fifth minute? You know, I think if we get that first goal, that doesn't give them something to sort of. It doesn't give them a foothold in the game, and I think it would have been very different. It was a great breakthrough. Just couldn't get the finish right, could he? But yeah, I mean, I don't think it was a terrible Wigan performance at all. You know, I, th- I think we can play better, but I don't think it was a bad performance. And I think, like like the manager said, I think Sutton were holding on at the end. If it had been a, a conventional extra time. I think our class would have told in extra time and we probably would have gone on and won it maybe three or four one. But it wasn't. And penalties is a lottery, as we all know. Uh, I'd just like to say about something. I thought they were a decent side. Looks like they could do a little bit of quality up front in the finishing department. They missed a couple of chances, didn't they? But apart from that, I think if they, they do get promoted, they look a strong outfit and probably all their own, similar to what Cambridge have done this season. Uh, the stats from last night, we had 71% possession. 13 attempts on goal with three on target. They had 13 and six on target. We committed 10 fouls to the seven. Two yellows. Gary's daily yellow card was Graham Shinney. I think that's 53 for the season now. And uh, Josh McGuinness picked a yellow as well. Good bet for Saturday or when he's back, not for Saturday. A good bet is uh, first breaking of the game, Graham Shinney because he seems to be picking them up all the time. So, bear <laughs> that in mind. Attendance was 6,541, with approximately 370 away supporters on a Tuesday night from South London with a game on TV. Fantastic effort. So, well done to all the Sutton fans who made it, and they made a lot of noise as well. Man of the Match has voted for by the Progress with Unity listeners, both on Twitter and on Facebook, is the guy I've just been talking about, Graham Shinney. So, well done. To Wee Graham on his performance last night. The game of the century coming up on Saturday. A trip down the M1 where we're going to be facing Milton Keynes Dons. I've spoken with Liam from MK1 Podcast. It's a popular podcast for Milton Keynes supporters. Very interesting. Let's have a listen to what Liam said. Hi, gents. Thanks for inviting myself and the MK1 Podcast onto 
the PWU podcast to chat everything about Saturday's game. More particularly, of course, MK Dons. Been a fantastic season so far. You know, third in the league, the most points picked up in 2022 throughout the whole top four divisions. So technically, and you put it that way, we're the best team in the country in terms of the top four leagues. But no, listen, it's been fantastic. And I think if you go back to what August when you know, Russell Martin ultimately put it walked out of the club before the season even started, to move on to Swansea, you know, the, the ambition was, you know, a top six or even, you know, come to the players top two. You were thinking it was going to be a really, really good season. And so that happens, it's, I think it knocks people's expectations a little bit. I've said this quite a few times on our podcast, every podcast in terms of, I, I still, I still believe that we were still a top six side, even with Russell Martin leaving and uh, Liam Manning coming in straight away, even before Liam Manning came in. And I think, you know, Ross and Joe, who came on the podcast earlier this season said that if we recruit a similar style of manager to Martin in terms of his philosophies and you know his ultimately how good he is as a manager and his coach that re- reflects that then you know I think the squad talent wise is good enough to be in the playoffs and, and you know if and if it goes super well then it is the top two finish and you know I think that's been replicated this season. Admittedly I think to the level we are right now, I think I don't think anyone predicted that. You know the, the run we're on recently and the wins we've been picking up and even with like you know Matt O'Reilly for Celtic and you know, loads of players come in in January who have all done quite well. The ones that have started regularly, yeah, it's been it's been a great season. But I don't think anyone would have expected this level of success so far. And anyway, hopefully, it continues. You know, with what ten games left of the season, if that, and uh, heading into the crunch time, obviously there's us two and Rotherham who we beat at the weekend who are you know, going for automatic promotion. Before it's really tough to call. I think the only certainty for me is that I think it's likely that Rotherham do still go up despite their you know result against us on Saturday yeah I think they're the most complete team in the league their fans are saying how that that result has been coming and maybe it could have come for you boys you played in the other week and that 1-1 draw at their place but yeah they said they've been waiting to have a pretty humiliating defeat like that and you know luckily it was us that came to New York Stadium and gave them that defeat I think they're up probably as champions and then it, it's a bit tighter when it comes to our two teams from an athletics point of view I feel you've got more games you can drop points against. You know, when you look at some of your fixtures, you know, I think, I say obviously the game on Saturday is the game you drop points in, potentially Ipswich away, and the Ipswich are quite a resolute team who, you know, we saw with the new, the new manager and um, keeper and goal high, they're quite a good team. Of course, Pompey away, even maybe even Plymouth at home, depending on their form. You know, there's quite a few games there, which I feel that, you know, you could potentially drop points at. Whereas if you look at the MK Dons' fixtures, I think maybe AFC Wimbledon away is a, potential fixture that we could we could slip up at we don't usually but we could do Plymouth away final day of the season depending on where they are in the league I don't think there's as many games that maybe looking for my sense it's different for opinion but I don't think there's many games that MK Dons got points in as Wigan can so I feel I have to back I'm just a former at the moment it's ridiculous I think I have to back us to get second place and Wigan's dropping to the playoffs but I, I think ultimately those two games in hand which you guys have in the league are could, could decide it to be honest and of course Saturday was a big part you know say we win Saturday and you pick up six points in your games in hand I'd like to think that well from your perspective anyway that it's, it's in the bag but so, you know, who knows it's legal on football um, but if I had to put my, my hat on two teams I'd probably say Rotherham and uh, MK Dons to get automatics and Wigan to have a pretty good chance of getting through by the playoffs to be honest because they've spent all season just grinding out wins and I'm sure you know so it's uh, definitely a team you don't want to face in the playoffs for sure I think in terms of standout players for Dons this season, it's I think it's hard not to look at Scott Twine. He's on, he's on 20 plus goal contributions in the league alone. And he's up there with you know, the likes of Smith, who played again on the weekend. And 
Yeah, Will Keane, for example, and he's not even a striker, he's a attacking mid technically. Um, and he's definitely the player of the season. I think you know, some people would like to be a bit cute and go for someone else. Maybe like a see Harry Darling, he's had a really good season. Warren O'Hora, another really good season. But no, I think I think Scott Twine is far and clear the best player in the team this year and probably since the 14-15 season, really, in terms of impact and how he's played overall. And if he's not playing in the high end of the championship or the Premier League next season, I'll be, I'll be very surprised to say the least. Um, but yeah, I mentioned a few other names there. He've been really setting up players this season. I think Harry Darling's been a rock at the back. You know, more features for him in this week's team. week just gone after performance against Rotherham. That all three central defenders really have been really standouts. And Darling, O'Hora, and even Dean Lewington at his age, you know, he seems to be a timeless. I feel like a good, a good fine mind, to be honest, in terms of how he plays and the performance he puts in at his age. And um, yeah, he's he's absolutely fantastic. And I think a lot of clubs are a bit jealous that we have played like Livington. You know, he's just been here for years and years and just continuously puts in eight out of 10 performances every single week. And yeah, he, he seems to really suit this three to back system. I think those are the guys that stand out so far that have actually stayed. When Joe came on the podcast and it was very early on into the, the Manning era, I think it was a couple months in. We've obviously got a lot more of a better gauge on him since well, since that first that first chat with us about how he's done and what type of manager he is and I think he has got the potential to be one of the better managers in England, if not the EFL. He's obviously titled as a head coach, he's technically not a manager. And I think that describes his role perfectly. He's not really he's quite a neutral person in terms of how he feels. You know, he constantly says the line of not getting too high when you win and not getting too low when you lose. And I think he's got a really good understanding with the players, especially the younger with such being being such a young squad, players like Troy Parrott, Mo Issa, um, individuals like that who, you know, I think with without a clear communication system and, you know, a guy at the top of the uh, coach staff that can say, and this is what I want you to do. This is how you I can make you better. And ultimately, whether it's for, you know, perform well for Dons and potentially perform for other clubs higher up the chain, if they get to that stage, you know, it's, I think he's got a very good relationship on the dressing room. And, you know, every, I think every interview you hear from Manning, you hear a different side of him. Which is a really, really good sign of a you know a well-drilled head coach who's been been a part of multiple dressing rooms with multiple different and diverse background in terms of the places he's managed and places he's been. Of course, New York, Belgium, West Ham for a decent period where he coached you know some really talented youngsters there who have actually come back to him here at Don's. Um, yeah, listen, I think he's a fantastic coach and you know it's all credit to the sporting director Liam Sweeting for picking him out and interviewing him well and. You know, essentially turning over and getting over the line so quickly because as I mentioned earlier, Russell Martin, it really put us in a awful situation where we didn't really have where, much where to go in terms of, you know, Dean Livington taking first team drills and having to call in Ray Livington to help him. And of course, Manning, yes, Manning inherited a very talented squad who, no, as I said, I thought was a playoff team regardless of the manager in charge. But ultimately, you know, he's molded his style onto the team. And as um, a news article said from the weekend against Rotherham, it's, it's very much like watching, very much like watching our Wimbledon, Wimbledon SC team in terms of the doggedness and basis grinding out results. But like, you know, yourselves have done for most of the time. Yeah, it's a really fun team to watch. In terms of Saturday, it's, oh, it's, it's, a, I think it's the biggest game of the season for both teams. We seem to say that a lot recently because last weekend was the biggest game of the season. But I think this one is. Wigan obviously a very good away team. Um, they're not the best anymore. I think we are, the Rotherham are, but. Uh, you know, you're still top three. Um, you, have, you have been a brilliant away team for the majority of the season. We've been an interesting home team. We tend to do well against the big teams and at times struggled against the lesser teams at home. Obviously, I'm recording this pre-Cheltenham, so we'll see what happens against Cheltenham. But I'd, I'd like to think we can get the result just about. Obviously, you know, you're, you guys have missed some key players. We've basically got a forfeit squad, uh, minus Aidan Baldwin, who 
I don't think would get a start, um, even if he was fit because of the strength of the back three currently. I think there'll be goals. Obviously, when we played you in reverse fixture, it took a, a Dan Harvey masterclass and left wing back to win 2-1. I'd probably go with the same score again, to be fair, 2-1 to Dons. I think the attack at the moment is just really, really good. And with you guys missing McLean and Derekawa, who, by what I've seen from statistics, are both two players who, as you're away from home, are quite key in terms of how you guys set up and how you've ultimately won games this season. I feel that Dons will just about have enough and make this this automatic promotion race really interesting. And I think if Dons don't win this game, then it could be a bit of an anticlimactic automatic promotion race. Um, I think this is the one to win because ultimately if we don't, then, you know, you've, you say you win both your games in hand, it's looking like a bit of a, a mountain to climb. But yeah, I think I think Dons will edge it just. It's going to be a very, a very cagey game, a very close game, but I think um, MK will get the line on it. So yeah, thank you very much, gents, for inviting me on. It's um, been a pleasure as always. If you want to check anything about Dons, um, MQ on podcast. But yeah, until then, best of luck Saturday. And uh, yeah, hopefully we pick you to all sides of promotion. <laughs> Cheers. Yeah, thanks for that, Liam. It, it was quite interesting. A lot of confidence, hasn't he? I think fair enough in terms of what he said about the form going into this game. Um, the, the best performing side in the country in terms of points per game since the turn of the year. I think he's got it wrong, though, on the sense that he seems to think it's in the bag for Rotherham when, essentially, you'd argue now that our position, you know, given that Rotherham have just dropped points. And remember, we've won our last two league games. Three of our last four, including a really good away win at, uh, at Wickham Wanderers. In fact, I think it's even better than that, isn't it? Because did we not did we not win home matches before that as well? We, so our, our form in the in the league, not quite up to Milton Keynes, but, but still top form. Whereas Rotherham's has dropped off a little bit in the last two or three matches. With that in mind, if he was looking to chase chase a team down, you'd think that they maybe be looking at Rotherham more than Wigan. Rotherham, as we said before, had a tough march. I think, fair enough, I think some of the players he made mention of, you know, have been, obviously Scott Twine's been fantastic this season, but maybe at this juncture, just a little bit overconfident, I would say. That would be my assessment of our MK Don's friend. I do love a bit of overconfidence in the uh, opposition because it tends to bite them on the bottom, doesn't it? I've looked at our away form, compare it to their own form where they've, they've lost four games. So, so our season's been built around our away performances. I, I think they're in for a bit of a shock on Saturday if they think it's going to be a stroll in the park against the mighty Wigan Athletic players missing or not. Right then, let's do ref watch for the, for the game on Saturday then. The referee on Saturday will be Bobby Madley from Wakefield. This will be his seventh Latics game. He refed our away games at Accrington in the AFL Trophy this season and the opening game away at Sunderland, awarding the home side a penalty just 90 seconds after the Latics had taken a 15-minute lead. Madley's been in charge of one MK Dons game this season, which was their 2-1 away defeat at Sheffield Wednesday in November. Bobby Madley's card watch, 28 games, 97 yellows, four reds and 12 penalties. And that is Bobby Madley, the referee on Saturday against the MK Dons. So let's go to the um, current form and previous previous form. Not played them very often because they are a, a new entity, often referred to as Franchise FC. But we've played seven, we've won four, drawn one and lost two. We lost the reverse fixture back in October, 2-1. Wike gave us the lead but a Dirikwa on goal and a Kiyoso goal 
got Milton Keynes dons the points in what was a very impressive performance from the MK dons. The form is uh, exceptional with currently in third, 72 points for 37 games, and they've won the last five. Brief mention to one of my favourite away days was at Milton Keynes, the first day of the 2017-18 season when a Nick Powell goal uh, sealed the game. And of course, Callum Elder was sent off for Wigan. Can't make it on Saturday, but I guarantee that any fans going down there will enjoy their experience at MK Dons, which is a, a rather excellent uh, stadium, even though it's in the middle of nowhere. 18 home games so far this season for the Doms. 34 points, 10 wins, 4 defeats and 4 draws. 25 goals for and 16 against. The Doms are undefeated in 9 games. The MK Dons won on Tuesday, 3-1 versus Cheltenham. The last defeat was on the 22nd of January. Bizarrely at home to, I think at the time, bottom of the table, Doncaster by one goal to nil. Back to Barry for the prediction. I'd start off with uh, predicting the team. If we if we match them up, they play with three at the back. I'm not sure we will start that way. I think we might start with a four-two-three-one system. I think Max Power will play in midfield. I think he has to. Uh, probably Bennett at left back and maybe Massey at right back. Edwards coming in, into the side for James McLean. You know, I think we're gonna we're gonna pull this out the bag and get a one 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 apiece. I'm going for. Oh, that's a a bit of a pessimistic scoreline, isn't it? Maybe you're predicting rather than uh, just being blindly optimistic. I will be blindly optimistic. I think you, you're probably right with most of your selections. Those players that were quote injured last night will come back in, like Lang and Humphreys. Like you say, I think we'll pull one out of the bag, but I will go with the same result I went with last night against Sutton, which was wrong then, and it's going to be right on Saturday, and it's going to be a 3-1 win. Yeah, my, my, obviously Amos backing goal, I would I would go for a Gavin Massey at right back. I thought he was exceptional in the Rotherham game in that position. I'd go for two centre-backs in Tilty and what more. Left back, probably go for Bennett, be a bit more conservative. Uh, then we'd have a two midfielders, I think, Naylor and Max Power. Keane will play in there. Uh, Humphreys is the central striker. Uh, Lange is the right side in striker and possibly Edwards on, on the left, I would think. So apologies, Bayless, you don't you don't get in, but uh, honourable mention to you. That would be my 11. Same as my 11, that one. Oh, beautiful. beautiful. Yeah, I think you, you, I think you might see Bayless and, and Power at right back. Two of them at right back. Nobody knows this. That's not what I meant. No, I know what you, I know what you meant, Topper. In terms of the game, I, I think we could dig something out in this game because the, the, all the talk is about how good MK Dons are, and sometimes that's when we can be at our most dangerous. So I actually think this might be one of those games where we really pull together and we come away with a 2 0 win. Games on Saturday in League One Accrington Stanley v Charlton Athletic. AFC Wimbledon, Lincoln City, Bolton Wonders play Plymouth Argyle, Burnt Albion, Fleetwood Town, Doncaster Rovers, Gillingham, Ipswich Town, Portsmouth, Morecambe, Cheltenham Town, Sheffield Wednesday v Cambridge United, Shrewsbury v Oxford United, Sunderland v Crew Alexandra, Wickham and Rotherham. So some good uh, round of fixtures there. And 
clubs in and around us taking points off each other. It'll be an interesting Saturday, I think. Two games there for me, and obviously Wickham and Rotherham is what obviously ourselves, but in addition to ourselves, I think it, it from Portsmouth could be quite an interesting one because I think they're both they're two sides who might gate crash the playoffs. They weren't in any of our predictions a couple of weeks ago, but certainly Portsmouth's form has really picked up. I hope that by the time we play Portsmouth that we know we're in a position where we don't need those points because I think that's going to be a really tough game on a Tuesday night down at Pompey. But certainly games to keep an eye on there. But end of the day, we know it's in our own hands. So we don't really need to look at the other fixtures provided we keep doing the job ourselves. A big game to look forward to on Saturday. We'll be back on Sunday with all the reaction to the MK Dons game and looking ahead to a trip down the M6 to face Crew on Tuesday. So without any uh, further ado, it is Up The Ticks.